Welcome one and welcome all to the DFS podcast heading into week eight of NFL action here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. I'm Derek Tate alongside the one and only Kyle Sapi. You can find him at Kyle Sapi PFN on X, formerly known as Twitter. And you can find myself at Derek Tate NFL. And Sapi, we've got week eight. We're rolling on. We're to the midway point. Well, almost of the 2023 NFL season. How you feeling? We got all 32 teams available well, for week eight, that is, but we've got a full Sunday slate as opposed to what we were dealing with last week during Vimegadden. Yeah, what we were dealing with last week and the next couple of weeks. Like, I don't get the scheduling thing, and I'm sure I put put it on Kyle Yates's calendar that we'll have we'll have a discussion where I can just launch off on the scheduling committee some somewhere in like June, July. You know, when things aren't as pressing, aren't as updating. But yeah, full slate. No crazy Monday night doubleheader. We don't have a, any weird games like that. So we've got uh, 13 games on the DFS main slate, which means we get to be creative. That means people are going to go wherever they want. You've got Mahomes. You've got Hurts. You've got some of the big names on the main slate. Some of these these other weeks, we've had buys. We've had three-star quarterbacks off the main slate. So you've really got your pick of the litter. And I like being creative in these kind of weeks because you know a large percentage of the population is going to glom onto these big-name quarterbacks. Exactly, exactly. So speaking of coming out firing, right? Launching off. So we can kind of go whatever way we want to. Let's go ahead and try to identify a stack that we really, really, really want to try to get into our DFS lineups uh, heading into this week eight slate. What do you got for a quarterback wide receiver stack? Yeah, normally we we end the podcast with a hot take. I'm going to start with my hot take here and go with the freaking New Orleans Saints. Let's do this. Derek Carr, I understand. It's been underwhelming. He hasn't been throwing the ball down the field. It, it's boring. It's not an exciting brand of football. But 105 pass attempts over the last two weeks, like that's volume that I'm willing to bet on. And the volume's going to the same place. Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara. I'll go with the rare running back stack. I mean, Alvin Kamara is basically... He's basically a receiver that gets handed the ball on occasion. So right now, since Kamara returned, you're talking 46% of the targets and 64% of the rushing yards between Alave and Kamara. I get access to basically this entire offense in a triple stack. You can bring it back a few different ways, whether you want Downs, Pittman, you want to go Jonathan Taylor, if you think the Colts are leading in this game. And listen, the Colts, they're just a juggernaut, not a juggernaut, but they're they're like old school Jaguars when it comes to Gardner Minshew under center, they've seen 134 points scored their last two games. If this is going to be a high-scoring environment and I have three Jeez. guys on the other side, one with a bring back, so now I've got four guys in this game, sign me up. I'll go this direction, be way different than the rest of the field, and that allows me to saddle up with the chalk running backs that I like this week. Feels like there's a handful of teams in the NFL this year that I still don't feel like I have a correct pulse reading on. And the Indianapolis Colts are definitely one of them. They've kept me guessing pretty much the entire 2023 NFL season. It's an interesting one there with the Saints. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to go to your guy. And have you ever seen oh, The Matrix? Sopi. No. No, but I know who my guy is. The movie so I The think Matrix. I know where we're going here. No, I haven't seen it. All right, yeah, Neo, the chosen one. We're going with the one. We're going with Trevor Lawrence. We're right. going with a quarterback that was able to battle through a knee injury last week on a short week and put up a pretty decent performance. This week, he's going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who do like to heat up opposing quarterbacks. 
I mm -hmm. see the opportunity for a stack with either Calvin Ridley or Christian Kirk or all three. You were mentioning going Carlave, Camara. It's actually cheaper to go Lawrence, Ridley, and Kirk against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We saw what Puka Nakua did to this secondary, and I'm certainly thinking that uh, players like Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, if they're vibing with Trevor Lawrence, are certainly capable of putting up similar high-end performances. Maybe both can are capable of going off. The Steelers, say what you want about how they've gotten to their point with this record. They are winning foot, football games right now, so I think they're going to be competitive. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have to go to the air to try to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. So I, I think Trevor Lawrence, I've seen some encouraging signs feel like he is healthy enough to go ahead and potentially get into our lineups with a you know either a stack with one of those two receivers or the triple stack i'm not sure what your thoughts are on that but i i, I we, we are all believers in trevor lawrence could this be the week you know darn well what my stance is on this let's go jaguars let's get a 40 piece let's make my guy Derek tate look good you wished a Gerald Everett touchdown into existence not too long ago so now the fact that you're embodying an entire offense i am with it Jaguars to the moon. I might pivot off of my guys. I, I want your exposure. I, I want somebody else to pump up the Jags. I am in on this. Yeah, I mean, I'm using one of my three wishes with the genie. I rubbed the lamp to go ahead okay. and say Gerald Everett's going to score a touchdown a couple weeks ago. It worked. I'm using number two here on the triple stack sure. with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So with your stack, whether it be with the Jags or the Saints stack, what's a running back that you want to get into your lineup for week eight? Yeah, I think Isaiah Pacheco is just criminally underpriced here. We saw the Broncos defense look a little bit better last week. I get it, but his price is running back 12 on a slate that doesn't have Austin Eckler, a slate that doesn't have Josh Jacobs. He's my running back six this week, and that includes those guys. Like, I don't understand what we're doing here. Denver's defense looked a little bit better last week. Does that mean they're trending up? No, not really, not to me. Pacheco, obviously the guy in this backfield with at least 17 touches in five straight games and a touchdown in four of his past five. Why can't he continue both of those trends? He's priced down. You can afford him in pretty much however you try to stack this up. Maybe you don't stack it up with him and Kelsey and Mahomes. Like I get if you're not overdoing the Chiefs thing that way. But if I go Pacheco and a lot of the field has that Mahomes-Kelsey stack, I get leverage on the field if Pacheco can drive the bus here. Like I think he will. I think Kansas City controls this game by way of Pacheco. I'm... We were both very high on Pacheco heading into their matchup against Denver. What was it, two weeks ago? And, you know, Pacheco had a good week. It just wasn't a monster week. You know, it wasn't what we were used to seeing the Denver defense give up to opposing running backs. They've actually been decent, you know, for the last two weeks. They, they haven't been giving up 37 points, <laughs> fantasy points per game no. uh, to opposing running backs. So that one kind of uh, makes sense to me. But I think it's time to honk, honk, time to get on the bus. Let's go with the Gus bus against the Arizona Cardinals. I'm okay. not going to say that he's going to have 80 yards receiving again like he get a, uh, did against the Detroit Lions. But <laughs> no. I do see a game script that is very, very, very favorable, more than likely, for the Baltimore Ravens. Should lean on the running game. Gus Edwards uh, could see he's him finding the end zone a minimum of one time, if not twice, if this offense continues to click. And I think that they will take that momentum that they had against the Detroit Lions, scoring on their first four offensive possessions, and take that against the Arizona Cardinals and continue to put up points. So I'm going with Gus Edwards as my running back to go ahead and stack with Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, and Christian Kirk. So if this is your first time coming across our channel before we get into the rest of our DFS plays for week number eight, go ahead and subscribe 
click the like button and also make sure you click the bell when you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you get the ding, ding, ding every single time we drop a new video bit of content here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. Uh, if you don't feel like staring at my ugly face for 30 minutes while listening to this podcast, then go ahead and rate and review wherever and however you digest your podcast. Dropping a five-star review is something that really helps grow the channel and grow the show, so we really appreciate and love all the support. Also, if you are not using our free tools over at profootballnetwork.com, then shame on you because the DFS optimizer, the fantasy trade analyzer, the start set optimizer, these are fantastic tools that can help you dominate your fantasy league week in, week out, dynasty, offseason, it doesn't matter. Make sure you bookmark these things and visit them on a regular basis when you have lineup-specific questions or trade-specific questions. And you can also go to our Discord uh, that should be in the podcast link description. Join us so you can go always you know, talk about fantasy football, any questions that you have uh, with other like-minded folks that are passionate about fantasy football. So speaking about passionate about football, you need to check this out if you're a player player prop enthusiast. The NFL is back and Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFS listeners. Imagine this, Dak Prescott, his current passing yardage prop is just half a yard. We converted this into feet not too long ago, but if he gets one yard passing against the Los Angeles Rams, then you're a winner. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of 20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. And don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry claim your free play and bonus today so now that i am done talking now i can throw it back to soppy so we can talk about our quarterbacks that we love for this week eight slate heading into the sunday slate of games who do you got soppy at the quarterback position and I really think you can go a bunch of ways nobody's gonna argue if you go Mahomes or Hurts you made the case for Lawrence I went with Derek Carr. I think all of those are viable options, but a few more. There's a plenty, there's points scored. That's how we do this in 2023. So I really think you can be different at the quarterback position and kind of fall in line, lockstep elsewhere with the field and still not worry about a chalky lineup. Lamar Jackson, if I'm going to the top of the board, you mentioned Gus Bus. If Gus doesn't get rolling, it's Lamar. Nine carries in five of six games and a 70% completion rate in six of seven. He's putting it all together in this Todd Monken offense. You mentioned the game script should be in his favor. It's going to be in his favor if they score 30 points. And if they do that, Lamar Jackson's having himself a day. If I'm going down the board a little bit, these rookie quarterbacks, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young going against one another coming off the bye. I think we could see some sneaky upside in that game. It's not necessarily a sexy one to target. But if you're going that way, C.J. Stroud's a top 10 quarterback in my season-long rankings this week. He's got multiple passing touchdowns in four of his last five games and has that 300-yard bonus because they can't run the ball. And then you got, on the other side, Bryce Young. We've seen his pass attempts increase by 15% over his last two games. We're moving in the right direction. And Adam Thielen provides not only a stack, but a floor elevator. So I think you've got a few options if you want to pay down there. If you want to go all the way to the top of the board, no, option, no concerns with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I want to throw one more at you. I mean, I like Lamar Jackson versus Arizona, and certainly C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young are interesting options at their price points. The one thing I'll definitely keep an eye on, though, Safi, about that uh, playing potentially C.J. Stroud or Nico Collins is the health of J.C. Horn, which is a very talented cornerback that can yeah. put opposing number ones on clamp. So keep an eye on his injury status. He may be mm -hmm. coming back or eligible to return uh, coming back from a hamstring injury. But we just found out that... Brock, or Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol. So 
we want to keep an eye on the price point of Sam Darnold against the Cincinnati Bengals. If you decide to go ahead and pay down, if you want to go sure. with some of the top options like Travis Kelsey or you want to go with Christian McCaffrey or you know Tyreek Hill, any of those top options, and you're trying to find ways to save a little bit of money, Sam Darnold under $5,000 this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Certainly a, a you know former top five pick for a reason once upon a time. And I do think in this Shanahan system, there is potential that he could be very productive. Uh, maybe not you know four or five touchdown type productive, but I do think that you know could he get you two or three scores at a very interesting price point? I think he's worth keeping an eye on heading into this slate. Um, now at the wide receiver position. Who are some of your targets? Uh, is there anybody from San Francisco that may be coming to mind to stack with Sam Darnold if Brock Purdy is unable to clear concussion protocol uh, for week eight? There is, and I think your Darnold angle is sharp here. Remember that the pricing often comes out before Monday Night Football. So that comes that means we got these price options before Darnold or before Purdy even played, let alone was injured. So this isn't really factored in. So you're getting an inherent discount when it comes to trying to go the Darnold route. I'm not saying it's a lock. Like I wouldn't do it in cash games. I'm not confident he's going out there and doing what Purdy does, but the up upside at a price that's, you know, like 60% of what these top quarterbacks are going for, it opens up a lot of avenues. And if you want to go with Brandon Ayuk, I'm here for it. He was very involved in the first half last week and then shut out in the second half, whatever it happens. But for his career, you're talking about a player who sees an increase in volume and efficiency when Debo Samuel's off the field. That's going to be the case this week. Easily the lead or the team leader in average depth of target. They're using him down the field when they can. We know this offense can do the shallow targets, but he's being used down the field in Cincinnati. Has the highest opponent ADA in the league. So teams are comfortable challenging him down the or challenging them down the field. They're going to go to Ayuk when they do that. To me, if you're going Darnold, you almost have to stack him thinking he's not going to get there by himself. Whether it's Ayuk or Kittle, I think both are fine plays. If we're going down the board a little bit, I like my super sophomores this week. You've got Drake, London, and George Pickens, both very much in my player pool. Pickens hasn't seen his volume really dip with the Deontay Johnson coming back. It was the same prior. It was the same after. It was pretty much the same during. I mean, he averaged under four and a half catches when Johnson was out. He caught five passes in both games Johnson's played this year. So I don't worry about that. The upside is there down the field. And then Drake, London... I mean, insert wide receiver one going against the Titans are the fifth worst defense in terms of yards per pass this season. Drake London moving in the right direction here. Seven targets in at least at least seven targets. London and George Pickens as viable options. Interesting little sophomore stack that you got there with uh, Drake London and George Pickens, but I'm on board with it. And, you know, I, I've seen we've seen some encouraging things from uh, the Atlanta passing game. And Drake London has certainly seen an uptick in his work compared to you know, what we saw the first month of the season. So I'm with you against that Tennessee uh, secondary that has been giving up yards and just traded away, I don't know, a Pro Bowl caliber safety in Kevin Byard. Yeah. So Tater special-wise, I'm going back to the Garden. Zay Flowers, again, against the Arizona Cardinals. If we believe that the Baltimore Ravens offense is going to continue to roll, then I think that we're going to continue to see more and more of Zay Flowers. I feel like we're on the cusp still. I keep feel like I'm like banging the table and saying it every single week. But, you know, we're from what I'm seeing from Zay Flowers, it just feels like it's a matter of time until they start connecting deep down the field. We know that he is Agreed. capable of, you know, catching underneath and doing a lot of things underneath and in the intermediate part of the field. Uh, he's continuing to gap defenders whenever he's 
getting a chance to show off his route running ability on all three levels of the football field. It's just a matter of time until him and Lamar Jackson connect. And by the way, he's actually one of the most targeted receivers in the red zone in the NFL this year. That's actually something that kind of surprised me when you take a look at it. So he's getting looks in the red zone. He's constantly involved in getting looks on a weekly basis. He's giving you a reliable floor, but that ceiling, I know it hasn't popped up yet, but this kid has legit you know, four, three, low end, four, four type speed and can get vertical. I just think it's a matter of time between before Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers connect for a monster day. And against this Arizona secondary that just got diced up by, uh, by Puka Nakua a couple weeks ago. And we've and Jamar Chase. I think that Zay Flowers is more than capable of having a monster week against the Cardinals. Let's move to the running back position. Who do you have, you know, with a basically a full slate of options? I know we got Christian McCaffrey, which is kind of intriguing now that potentially Brock Purdy is going to be unavailable. Who do you got at the running back position? I think McCaffrey could be a little chalky here. I mean, a touchdown in 16 straight games, like his production's obviously not creeping up on anybody backup quarterback. You could talk yourself into a 30 carry, six catch kind of game for McCaffrey. But I'm going to go a little bit different here. We mentioned Pacheco earlier, mentioned Kamara. I like both of those options. I'm going to go to Brees Hall. If I'm running out of three running back formation here, Brees Hall against the Giants in a good spot here. The Giants give up the fourth most yards per carry. Brees Hall very much trending in the right direction coming off the bye, averaging seven yards per touch this month. They don't have any other options. You can't tell me that they're going to Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson to try to get this home. If they're going to do it, it's going to be a 17-13 game with 25 touches for Brees Hall. And I think that is very much in the cards for a game that we think they're going to be competitive for. Mentioned Jonathan Taylor earlier, and if you want to bring him back with the Saints stack, fine with that. He had a 20-plus yard catch and run last week against the Browns, so I think he's moving in the right direction. And I like your guy, Gus Edwards. At least 15 carries or 15 carries per game over the last three wins. We certainly think they win this week. Volume should be there. Touchdown equity as well. Yeah, I'm signing off on this hall pass when it comes to Brees Hall this week. Uh, You got the tater stamp of approval there because the thing that's only hesitating or making me hesitate to put Brees Hall in is certainly has nothing to do with the talent. It always has to do with the game script right now with Zach Wilson under center. Against the New York Mm -hmm. Giants, I'm not concerned about the game script. If anything, it probably favors a day where Brees Hall is going to be very, very, very busy. So 100% on board with Brees Hall this week. This one is going to go maybe a little bit against the grain, but the price point is probably the lowest we may ever see it for this player, and it's B. John Robinson against the Tennessee Titans. Look, I know the Tennessee Titans defense is very formidable uh, against opposing running backs and rushing attacks. So the matchup, people are probably going to stay away from B. John Robinson for that reason alone, but then you add in the fact that it was a very odd thing to just watch him sitting on the sidelines, dressed up, was dealing apparently with some sort of headache, you know, something wasn't right there. And the price point now reflects that a little bit because he only had one touch, which was on the final drive of the entire football game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the talent is still there. The efficiency is still mostly there. I know it may not be the best day on the ground, but I think he's still going to get heavily involved. And if anything, there's going to be a correction to the mean with him being so uninvolved last week, I think they make it a point to get their dynamic, talented running back involved this week. So moving on to the tight end position, 
So I'm going to go tater special here. Just I'm going a little out of order, Soppy, because it's very boring. It's not going to be very spicy. I'm going Travis Kelsey against the Denver Broncos. I think this week with what we've seen from Travis Kelsey when he's been on the football field this season, the the other pass catchers, you know, seeing their trying to work it out on the fly, right? It's almost like they're trying to figure out who they can trust in this passing game, whether it's Rasheed Rice, whether it's Sky Moore, whether it's Marquez Valdez-Scanling. The point is the one constant is Travis Kelsey. And him and Travis Kelsey ha- are, are almost a cheat code right now with you know the type of chemistry that they have. I don't have to sell you on Travis Kelsey. I actually just find his price point at like $8,400. And you see a lot of the top options like Christian McCaffrey, you know Tyreek Hill, they're all above 9,000. So you're getting a top level option you know, at I think a little bit of a discount at that position. I know it's chalky, but that's the direction I'm going at tight end this week. Certainly there are other options, and I'd love to hear who who else is on your radar for this week. If you're going to go the Kelsey route, and obviously I don't have really any problems with it. I, I, he's not on my list, but, you know, if you're paying up and building your structure from the tight end out, I don't have a problem with that. And if you're going to do it, do it in a week where you have a full slate like this. You've got committees all over the place. You can get cheap running backs. Gus Edwards, like you said, isn't that expensive. If you want to go with a committee guy, be it Pittsburgh or whatever, there's options out there to save you enough money to get up there. Because I'm, I'm assuming if you go Kelsey, you probably are going Mahomes in that lineup. So that's a pricey start. But there's options to pay down. You can do it at defense. There's ways to get there. Don't mind that at all. If I'm going tight ends, Dalton Schultz mentioned C.J. Stroud in this game against the Panthers. Schultz has scored in three straight games heading into the bye, and he had 17 targets over his last two games. think he's in a good spot. I know we differ a little bit on who the number two is in Houston, but the fact that it's a conversation, if I can get the tight end who's either two or 2B in a pass-happy offense, that's worth your while, especially at this price point. And then going way down, Logan Thomas, he's burned me before. It feels like I'm only on him during the off week. (laughs) So you've been warned here. But against the Eagles, I mean, Sam Howell is going to be under duress. That's probably putting it lightly. He's going to not love life on Sunday. But if that's happening, he's getting rid of the ball quick. And Logan Thomas has a lower ADOT than any of the three primary receivers on Washington. You could see him used as like a pseudo run game here. If that means eight to ten targets, even if they're low value targets, they're still high percentage targets, so he could ca- he could get one of those goofy six catch for forty yard stat lines, and that pays the bills at his price tag. That's ten PPR points. I'll take my chances there and go Logan Thomas. There's something to you know Sam Howell and how much he has been under duress. He he's getting himself into trouble. It's all his offensive line. Then you're throwing in the talented Philadelphia Eagles front. It could be a very long day at the office. <laughs> for one Sam Howell against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm I'm interested who your defense special teams plays are this week. Are the Philadelphia Eagles on your radar? They are, but I tend to pay down for the position. And there's no secret here that they're going to be priced up because of the matchup. And if actually, if you wanted to go Logan Thomas and the Eagles defense, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think it'll be common, but Logan Thomas could very well get there on a big Eagles defensive day. So that's an option. I'm paying down. I'm going with the Giants. It's not pretty, but you mentioned Zach Wilson. Like He's going to run into problems. That's just the way this is. The Giants capitalized on the Washington matchup last week with six sacks, and they've allowed under 20 points in three of their last four games. Could make it four out of five in this spot. If you want to pay for a better defense, like you're, you pass on the Giants. You say, I watch too much football. The Giants are no good at it. Then you go with the Browns. It's a rebound spot for them. Nobody's, not nobody, but 
If you watched them last week, they still performed just fine. They gave up 38 points. I understand on the box score that doesn't look great, but they had the touchdown. They made some plays. They have at least three sacks in four straight games. They get a Seattle team that's seeing Geno Smith regress in a significant way. And listen, I think the Browns' defense has to be aggressive because I don't trust their offense at all. So they need this defense to put them in position to score. And if they're doing that, they're piling up fantasy points in the process. Yeah, in order for them to, I think, win this game, they're going to have to... I don't see it being a shootout this time around, right? I don't see both teams scoring over 30 points. Uh, What I... You got P.J. Walker that you know you're gonna is going to be under center, which means the defense knows they're going to have to come and bring their A game and, and try to you know make this a you know a physical football game, low scoring, you know field of you know field possession type of uh, type mm-hmm. of contest. So I'm on board with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I'm never going to be upset when you say the Cleveland Browns defense so far this year, even though it didn't work out last week. Pseudo, they scored the touchdown, and Miles Garrett also had himself a nice game again. But I'm going with yeah. the New York Jets defense. I'm actually going to stack okay. Reese Hall yeah. and the New York Jets defense. Sure. So because I think the Gi- the Giants, while they've actually shown signs of life with, you know, Tarod Taylor, and certainly it always helps to get Saquon Barkley back into the fold. Uh, it's funny how much an impact <laughs> him alone can help on this offense. Uh, but that being said, you can still game plan pretty easily for the New York Giants. Even Darren Waller's dealing with a hamstring injury right now. So, you know, if they don't have Darren Waller or, he, or if he's limited, um, I could see the Jets defense, um, you know, locking in and making this a low-scoring contest, them leaning on Brees Hall, which is why I kind of like that stack this week. Soppy, before we sign off here, we're, we're winding down on this episode of the DFS podcast here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. What's your hot take for the week? Yeah, I'm going to double down on it. It's a, you know, a half-hour podcast. People may have forgotten. They may have started and stopped the episode. So we're going back to the top. We're saying the Saints are going to do things this week. Derek Carr, Chris Olave, and Alvin Kamara. It takes some cojones to put that into a lineup. I'm not going to lie. I put it in. I'm looking on my phone. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to plug in this stack and see what I can build. You can build a nice lineup around it, but it is a little distressing when you look at it and you're like, oh, Derek Carr quarterback. When I've got access to Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and all of these options, I'm doing it. I'm pulling the trigger in my contest this week. Derek Carr to Chris Olave to Evan Kamara. Like I said, it's basically half their offense, rushing, passing, or otherwise. That's the direction I'm going to win me the money this week. What do you got? (laughs) The monies. Uh, I wouldn't be against whatsoever rolling out the Sam Darnold, Brandon Ayuk stack. If you like Ayuk this week, then I'm okay. Look, who's going to throw him the football? If we think that Ayuk's going to have himself a nice game, or if you're okay with going with George Kittle against the Cincinnati Bengals, the man who is going to be throwing him the ball more than likely this week is Sam Darnold. And I agree. look, Sam Darnold, while he he certainly has been a disappointment based off of where he was drafted, he is not a mm-hmm. completely incompetent quarterback that is incapable of putting forth big fantasy games. And at his price point, you know, if you do want to go with Travis Kelsey and some other elite level options at other positions, sure. and you pay down a quarterback in stack with Brandon Ayuk, I just think it gives you a lot of flexibility with that lineup to go with elite options at other places. But of course the choice is always yours. So that'll do it for this episode here of the DFS podcast here on the PFN fantasy YouTube channel and the PFN fantasy podcast. Of course, either way, no matter how you're consuming this content, go ahead and subscribe, review, like click the bell. So you make sure you get notifications every single time we drop a new bit of content on 
the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. For Kyle Sapi, you can find him over at Kyle Sapi PFN over on X, formerly known as Twitter. You can find me at Derek Tate NFL. And until next time, everybody, good luck with your DFS lineups. And later, says the table.